I'm Clay Jones with CSJ Land and Cattle in Nacogdoches, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got rain in the forecast for much of Texas over the next few days, so I hope that by the time you hear this, you've gotten some rain in your corner of Texas. In the meantime, we've got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to go for you, so jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take that ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we saw some limit-up moves in the cotton market over the past few trading sessions. So why such a big jump in price? Well, it's actually very simple. If you ask cotton market analyst O.A. Cleveland, he tells us why we saw those limit-up moves coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We have had some rain here and there around the region, but drought continues to make life hard for Texas High Plains ranchers. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Border security, the farm bill, and the cattle market were among the issues discussed on Capitol Hill by Texas farmers and ranchers as they met with their elected representatives and senators in our nation's capital. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report on Texas Ag Today. Fertilizer is an important part of plant growth. Please join me, John Begno, as we talk about some of the current fertilizer issues facing gardeners in Texas. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We have seen a massive jump in the cotton market over the past few trading sessions, with the July contract jumping over 10 cents in two days. Cotton market analyst Dr. O.A. Cleveland says there's a very simple explanation for that price jump. We currently have record on-call sales. It basically means that textile mills have bought physical cotton throughout the year and they have delayed the fixing of the price and they can only delay it to July, the end of the season. And they kept kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road, thinking prices are going to come down, prices are going to come down. And we came in uh, at the first of the week realizing that there was uh, some roughly some 6.4, 6.6 million bales of cotton, million bales of cotton, that the price had to be fixed between now and June the 24th. And the way you fix price is by futures. So we have had known buying of futures of some six and a half million bales that has to happen in a one month period. And that simple fact has caused speculators to jump into the market, running the price up even further. So a tremendous amount of buying of futures by textile mills, they got caught and they're being burned and they're having to pay the price. And they're going to have to pay until the merchants decide that they don't have to pay anymore. Cleveland says the July contract could easily hit $1.50 maybe even $1.60 before this is over. 
Corn planting continues to make good progress here in Texas with the latest crop progress report showing 69% of our corn crop now in the ground. Sorghum planting has reached 63% complete, while 19% of the cotton is in the ground. And as planting progress moves from South Texas to the Panhandle, weed control is a top priority this year with both supply shortages and increased cost of crop protection products. Adam Hickson is an agronomist with BASF based in Lubbock. My best advice for weed control program is plan. Planning is number one. You know, down in South Texas, Central Texas, corn's in the ground, it's up. In fact, I saw some um, the other day that's V4, V5. So it's getting on up there um, in South and Central Texas. Now, up in the plains, you know, we're still waiting um, for some moisture and then warmer temperatures, of course, uh, here late April, early May, you know, we'll really start getting rolling here in the next uh, couple of weeks. But what we really need to think about is planning that corn to have success uh, once it's up and going. And that means having a good pre-emergence herbicide down with multiple modes of action. We have seen some rain in parts of the Texas panhandle recently, but James Hunt tells us drought continues to make life hard for ranchers on the high plains. With calving season pretty much behind us in the Texas High Plains, Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith tells me his concern right now is he's seeing a lot of skinny cows. That's a direct consequence of our current environmental conditions, ongoing drought, and really expensive feed prices. And so while calving may have gone really well, my concern shifts towards the upcoming breeding season and what maybe next year's calving season might look like if those conditions don't improve and we don't do the things necessary to change that environment to help those females out. Yeah, what can ranchers do? Obviously, they're hoping for rain. That would be very beneficial. But beyond that, uh, what's available to them? Unfortunately, aside from selling some of those less productive females, uh, which we commonly refer to as culling, aside from doing that, really the only option is some degree of supplementation. Uh, And so replacement of forage with something else, whether it's just what we think of as conventional supplementation or potentially dry lotting those cows and, and feeding them a total mixed ration or replacing a substantial amount of that forage until the ground can do it. So are we seeing uh, culling at a, at a faster rate than maybe you've seen here before? As of late, not as much so. A lot of that culling that we've seen over the recent past would have happened a few months ago and earlier uh, over the past year or so. But we are still steadily seeing marketing of cows. So not necessarily seeing an increased rate right now, but what we've probably seen is that previously high rate stay sustained for an extended period of time. Once again, that was AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith, who I caught up with at AgriLife's Hemphill County Beef Conference in Canadian. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A large group of Texas farmers and ranchers spent the past week in Washington, D.C. Tom Nicoletti caught up with the group while they were there. My guest today is Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining, who joins me from our nation's capital. And uh, Russell, you led a delegation of more than 200 farmers and ranchers from Texas to talk with senators and representatives on Capitol Hill about the issues important to agriculture. What were some of the issues that you folks were keenly interested in and and, uh, what type of feedback did you get? I guess the main issues, not necessarily any particular order, but the border issue with the border crisis going on right now, our delegation gets it. I mean, they really do. But 
we have to keep working on that. We have to keep talking about that. We have members down there that are living it and suffering through it every day. And then, of course, the farm bill's coming up in 2023. I know it's we're just early in 2022 right now, but we're starting to talk a little bit about the farm bill. And then uh, uh, the cattle markets. We've had a lot of discussion about cattle markets over the past year or two, packer concentration. And there's a bill on the Senate side right now that we're working on it. Uh, we are opposed to the bill right now, the way it's written, uh, because of the government mandates on how packers have to buy cattle. So I would say that would be uh, three of the of the bigger issues. What about the uh, issues of uh, the higher uh, agricultural input costs, the fuel prices, just the overall inflation that's impacting not only agriculture, but everybody, but uh, what's the feedback from Congress? Those issues have been talked about as well. Quite honestly, a little harder to get your arms around to really figure out uh, what is driving it. We all know what, what, you know what energy prices have done over the past year to 18 months. It started before Putin in, invaded Ukraine, but the war in, in Ukraine has only uh, made the problem worse. So a lot of it's driven by, by energy prices. We understand that. But those things are definitely on our members' minds as well. That is Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining in Washington, D.C. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Less supply and increased cost of fertilizer is affecting all of agriculture, including landscape and gardening. San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno looks at the effect it's having on Texas gardeners. Well, the fertilizer issue may not go away for a while, and we talked about it once already here about escalating prices, maybe even unavailability of certain fertilizers. And one thing we want to get straight is plants are able to mine their nutrients from the soil as long as the soil has the nutrients they need. And the reason we fertilize is that we're usually short on nitrogen, and we sometimes are phosphorus, potassium that are unavailable because of pH or whatever the factors are. We add fertilizer and we do that. Usually in the spring is our first time and it's probably the most beneficial time because plants are coming out of dormancy. They're hungry. They want to absorb these nutrients for rapid plant growth. And this rapid growth, you think about it, some plants like take a live oak tree makes 90% of its growth in the first 60 days of spring. So having the available nutrients are what really makes them produce rapid growth. If we're wanting to have turf grass to grow rapidly and cover and become thick and weed free, we use these fertilizers to enhance that and make it in short order. That's what we use fertilizer for. And so it's something that has become essential in our gardening guidebooks and also in in, as we manufacture these plants and we want to grow them and put them in the nursery. We have to have fertilizer. We buy them. We bring them home. We want them to come established. We fertilize them. It's just part of our routine right now. We may be able to skip some of that. On older plants that are well-established that may not need fertilizer, then you can skip that. On container plants, on the other hand, that you have just purchased geraniums or flowers to put in there, they must, since they are confined with their root system, have nutrients provided by you and me. So shop around, see what is available. Remember that organic sources are very good. Plants don't really care if it's organic or inorganic, but the organic sources like blood meal, fish meal, etc., do provide organic matter that helps to lengthen the benefits of some of these. And also those nitrogen fertilizers made from fuel sources, anhydrous ammonia and so forth, are still very, very good. So shop prices, availability, and what the plants need most of all. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno. An initiative is encouraging Texans and businesses to turn off unnecessary lights at night. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll explain why coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
and ruminants like goats were designed to graze pasture. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Did you know the farm and ranch share of the U.S. food dollar is only 16 cents? The Stevens County Farm Bureau is recognizing this food connection with a special event on Wednesday, May 11th. Stop by United Supermarkets on West Walker Street in Breckenridge. Bring a non-perishable item for our local food banks or make a $5 donation and you'll receive a hamburger. We're connected by our food. Stevens County Farm Bureau thanks you for supporting agriculture and local farmers and ranchers. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Ruminants like goats were designed to graze pasture, but Dr. Bob Judd says if pasture isn't available, hay is the next best option. Ruminants like goats have a large vat called a rumen in which bacteria digest forages. Goats usually browse for about 50% of their ration and eat grass for the other 50%. They can't eat hay, but it is an expensive substitute for pasture, and goats on pasture should not need hay. The advantage ruminants have over other animals is that they can take a fairly poor quality protein source, and bacteria in their rumen can make it usable for the animal. Dr. Rick Machen from Texas A&M Agricultural Extension Service indicates hay is fed to goats as they seem to have an inherent requirement for long stem fiber. Small amounts of hay will stimulate the intake of pelleted or processed diets by pen-fed goats, and the fiber stimulates the papillae lining the rumen and aids in digestion. Goats suffering from acidosis or other digestive disorders often need long-stemmed hay to help with rumen function. As far as types of hay, there are two types, legumes and grasses. Legumes like alfalfa are preferred, but are likely more expensive. A good quality hay has a high leaf-to-stem ratio, a fresh, clean smell, and free of weeds. More mature plants produce less quality hay due to increased stem sizes, and grass hays generally contain less protein and energy than legumes. Highest quality grass hays usually contain 14 to 16 percent crude protein, but average is about 8 percent, while almost all legume hays are 14 to 16 percent protein. It is a good idea to take samples from any hay you buy to see if the nutrients are correct for your goat herd. But if you only purchase a few bales at a time, find a reputable hay grower and stick with them. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. An initiative is encouraging Texans and businesses to turn off unnecessary lights at night. Jessica Domel tells why in today's Wildlife Report. The simple flick of a switch, setting lights to a timer, or even dimming them can help save the lives of birds migrating through Texas this time of year. Annual spring migration is underway, and now is a critical time for birds. That's why organizations like Texan by Nature are urging Texans and businesses to turn off non-essential outdoor lighting. Taylor Keyes, Program Director for Texan by Nature, joins us with more on Lights Out Texas. Lights Out Texas is a campaign of education and awareness and action that focuses on turning lights out at night during the spring and fall to help protect the billions of birds that migrate through Texas annually. Most people don't know, but the majority of migrating birds migrate at night, so that's why it's important to turn lights out. One out of every three birds migrating through the United States during the spring and one out of every four birds migrating in the fall pass through Texas. And unfortunately... 
Hundreds of birds die each year after being disoriented and attracted by outdoor lights. When birds are migrating, they rely on stars and moonlight and things like that. The bright lights from our urban centers and lots of the light pollution just from populations in general can distract birds from their migratory route. And once birds are distracted, they can become disoriented. Oftentimes in our large urban centers, there's lots of tall buildings that have highly reflective glass. And that's one of the main causes of the bird strikes as well as the light reflecting off of the glass on buildings. Let's say there's a tree in like a median and it's reflected on the glass in the building. The bird may think that they can seek refuge there, but they end up colliding into the glass. Additional details are available on texanbynature.org. Simply search Lights Out Texas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It was a mostly down day in the agricultural markets to wrap up the week on Friday. Cattle, cotton, and wheat all finishing sharply lower. We'll take a look at all of Friday's market action coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent my entire life involved in agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? Well, it is okay to ask for help. Call the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. If you can't write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That is farmlifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a lower trade in just about every commodity on Friday as we wrapped up the week with a lower close in the cattle complex on all except the nearby April live cattle contract. It's about to go off the board very lightly traded. It was up 340 to close at 141.90. Meanwhile, the rest of the contracts finishing lower. June live cattle down $1.25 at 132.65. August live cattle down a dollar seven one thirty five twenty seven feeder cattle lower across the board May feeders down a dollar sixty one fifty six thirty five August feeders down two twelve at one sixty eight twenty seven September feeder cattle down a dollar ninety seven one seventy one forty two cash fed cattle market mostly quiet on Friday most of our sales were done for the week. Packers came in early and paid 140 for most of our cattle here in the South. That's steady money with the previous week. Boxed beef prices were lower. Choice down a dollar eleven two sixty one forty nine. Select down two oh eight at two forty eight ninety eight. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Auctioneer Troy is going to sell this calf like they did at Caldwell Livestock Commission Company on Tuesday. Carl Herman, how did those calves and cows sell? 
You know, it was pretty good, Larry, after the uh, good rain that we had on Monday. We had uh, around two to three inches uh, Monday, uh, an all-day rain, and it was it was really good. We all needed it. We needed every drop, and uh, praise the Lord that we got it. Uh, we had uh, 550 head yesterday for uh, 95 consigners and 42 buyers. Uh, on account of a softer market on the cows and the calves, uh, we had 120 uh, uh, cows and bulls, slaughter cows 40 to a dollar, slaughter bulls 71 to 116, stocker cows 700 to 1100, and pairs 850 to 1150. On the calves, on the steers, two to three weights, 165 to 175. Three to four weights, 170 to 192. Four to five weights, 170 to 187. Five to six weights, 160 to 187. Six to seven weight steers, bought 150 to 167. And the seven to eight weights, 135 to 146. On the heifer side, two to three weights, 150 to 160. Three to four weights, 151 to 182. Four to five weights, 155 to 185. Five to six weight heifers, brought 145 to 172. Six to seven weights, 135 to 155. And the seven to eight weights, 120. 125. Overall, good day. Uh, cattle were probably not as attractive on the calf side as they have been, uh, but uh, we look forward to next week. Tell also, I want to remind uh, <clears throat> our listeners that we've got 34 uh, Hereford heifers, two years old, bred to calf in the fall, that uh, we're going to be selling next week uh, for a, a consigner of ours. So, uh, if anybody has any questions, give me a call at 979-820-5349. Call the barn at 567-4119. Or for the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner at 540-8676. Carl, thank you. Neighbor, thank you, too, for listening Monday through Friday here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network for Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs drop sharply lower on Friday. May hogs down 307 to close at $100.90. June hogs down 460 at 106.37. Class 3 milk close lower. April milk down a penny, 24.38 a hundred weight. May milk down 15 cents at 24.45 a hundred. The cotton market closed strongly lower on Friday. End of the month technical selling pushing prices down, as well as the possibility of rain here in Texas. July cotton dropped 205 points, 145.63. The October down 209, 128.66. December cotton down 293 at 122.07. Not a lot of direction in the corn market Friday. We closed narrowly mixed with May corn up two and a quarter, eight eighteen and a quarter. September corn was down one and three quarters, seven sixty-eight a bushel. That possibility of rain I mentioned put big pressure on the wheat market. We've got rain in the forecast for much of the southern plains, wheat growing areas, and that caused a big tumble in the wheat market on Friday. July Kansas City wheat was down thirty-five and a half, closing at eleven oh five and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 30 cents, 10.55 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas up 39 cents at 7.28. June crude oil down 99 cents, 104.37 a barrel. The financial market sharply lower to end the week on Friday. The Dow down 939 points at 32,977. The Nasdaq down 536 points, 12,334. The S&P dropped 155 points to close at 4,131. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website 
at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.